0: Welcome to the Sermon Podcast for Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Central South Carolina. We thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from the Word of God, and we pray that God will both bless you and speak to you as you listen and apply his word to your life.
1: There's a way that must be lifted. There's a trophy to be won.
0: I hope that you know that to be true. And our planning on experiencing just that, if you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, better is one day in his courts, in his house, the thousand anywhere else. I pray that you know that with all your heart. Open your Bible, if you would, again, to Mark. We are going to jump back into our series, our journey through the book of Mark, what we have been on for year and a half now we've taken some detours along the way of course we stopped for a while in mark 13 and that launched us into revelation then of course we had some christmas messages but now i want to bring us back to mark 14 and our verse by verse study through this wonderful book we only have two chapters left i'm waiting to see if the culmination of finishing up mark 16 is going to coincide with Easter. I I don't know it's going to work out that way. I haven't planned that far ahead as far as in my sermons, but uh, I realize that's a possibility. And I'll be excited to get through the book of Mark. But it is a wonderful book, and we're about to enter a wonderful story or account uh, this morning. And I've entitled this message, He is Worthy of Worship, or He's Worthy of Our Worship. Because it's important that we throw that word our in because others can worship him. The angels worship him. The elders in heaven in, in the picture of, of Revelation are worshiping him. But are you worshiping him? Am I worshiping him? That is key. And so if you would, hold your Bible up over your head. Before you do that, hold on one second. Let me give an announcement that I've uh, been asked to give and, and I don't really want to give. But I'm going to go ahead and give it now. Um, Some of you may have already heard this or be aware of this, uh, but last week we announced about Lily and Hunter having a baby. In the meantime, Lily and Hunter have lost the baby. Um, I had a chance to hug her this morning. She had asked me to let you all know that that had happened. Um, And they're, of course, not here this morning. Understandable, they're dealing with that. And I told them we'd be praying for them and they asked and, and and I said not that we would do this not that y'all would do this or I would do this but I would go ahead and mention it when they are here they if we could have refrained from asking them a million times you know how are you doing how are you doing um, we understand how they're doing uh, but God is still good and God is good all the time uh, I did have a chance to just kind of in fact it was a little awkward I think I heard her come in this morning and she was doing some cleaning this morning taking some trash out and different things and i went looking for her and i found her in the women's bathroom and i said i know you're in the women's bathroom can i just give you a hug and and i just hugged her and told her i was sorry and um, told her i said i'm not going to ask you how you're doing but if you want to talk i'm here to talk if hunter wants to talk i'm here to talk Um, and certainly i'm praying for you but keep them if you would in your prayers such a difficult difficult time but um, god will see them through it and so we're going to pray that god for them and that god will lead them through this and the rest of the family and friends as well uh, through that so i wanted to go ahead and say that now we'll also go ahead and tell you that marianne uh, on the 8th had her test we've been praying about this for a while uh, for her heart test to see if she's healthy enough or her heart's healthy enough to undergo surgery uh, for the hip replacement and it is so that's a blessing they uh, don't know exactly when that's going to take place Jimmy had told me, they said possibly early February, but uh, apparently that also may happen earlier from talking to Sammy and his conversation, uh, so they don't know exactly when, but pray for them if you would. All right, let's go ahead and hold your Bible up. If you've got your Word of God, read, hold it up over your head and say along with me, this is the Word of God. I will read it, I will believe it, I will obey it by the grace of God. I pray that you are doing just that. I pray that you are reading the Word of God. I pray that whether you're following along and are reading through the New Testament this year or reading it some other way or reading extra beyond that, I just pray that you are reading it because as our lesson in Sunday school pointed out, um, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And we often apply that to faith for salvation. But as I saw and was reading and studying, it's also faith for the living. Once you're saved, that as you read God's word, you are inspired, you are given strength as you read it for your daily living. And so let's read along in Mark 14, 1 through 9. After two days. Now, if I'm going to refer a moment to John chapter 12 where we read this same story, I'm not going to have you turn there, but let me just clarify something. Here it says, after two days was the feast of the Passover. In John 12, it says six days before the feast of the Passover. You say, well, that's a contradiction. No, because two days before the feast of the Passover, verses 1 and 2 take place. And then there's a little bit of a flashback because Mark inserts the story about... What we're going to read today about about the woman who pours out the ointment on Jesus for a specific purpose in the place that he does. And again, we talked about this a long time ago. Mark is not strictly chronological. But don't get tripped up over one place saying two days and one place saying six days because the thing we need to understand is it was close to the time of Jesus' crucifixion, but the two days is when the priests were discussing arresting him and, and putting him to death. So let's read that. After two days was the feast of the Passover and of unleavened bread, and the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by craft and put him to death. But they said not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar of the people. And then we're going to flash back before that, And we're going to read verse 3. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment. Now, just go ahead and tell you, that woman is Mary, uh, the sister of Martha. We know that because John 12 tells us it was Mary, sister of Martha, sister of Lazarus. Being in Bethany in the house of some leper, as he said at me, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious, and she broke the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and had been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. And Jesus said, Let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me, for ye have the poor with you always, and wh- whensoever ye will, ye may do them good, but me ye have not always. She hath done what she could. She is come aforehand to anoint my body to the bearing. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever the gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her." Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would help us to see and to know and to live out in our lives how worthy you are of worship and that you are worthy of our worship. God, we know that you will be worshiped. We know that the rocks and the the trees will cry out if we are silent. We know that all creation testifies and glorifies you. But God, we pray that we would see just how worthy you are of worship and that you would change
1: our lives to be more worshipful. Help us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Here we are, this familiar story. One of my favorite songs that's ever been written uh, comes from this. It talks about a one-day poor woman broken by the love of her Lord, recklessly pours out a valuable essence. And that's this story, (coughs) excuse me, that we're here. And I want you to see several things. In fact, I've got five things. One's really an introduction and one's a conclusion and three in between about the fact that he is worthy of our worship. I think sometimes as Baptists, we get afraid of saying the word worship we sound like we're gonna be Pentecostal or or holiness or something and we talk about you know church service but it's really worship whether we're reading the word of God whether we're giving offerings whether it's worship with our presence whether it's worship with our our singing it's worship with our giving whether it's worship with listening to the word of God it's all worship or should be and again, you've heard me say many times, you're going to have a hard time worshiping on Sunday if you're not worshiping all week long before you get to Sunday. Sometimes we think we can just flip on this worship switch and we're going to come in and worship God. And by the way, that's why a lot of people don't come to church. It's because I go to the worship and it wasn't very worshipable for me. Well, a lot of times that's because you weren't very worshipful, meaning that person. We need to keep that in mind. But as we find that Jesus is worthy of our worship, I want you to see in this account, as this woman pours out this essence, I want you to, in worshiping Jesus, I want you to see that there is a captivating reason for worshiping Him. There is a captivating reason. Number one, there was a captivating reason for the worship of Simon, the former leper. Don't miss that as we see that being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper. That's almost like a throwaway phrase. Just Well, that's where they were at. Well, why were they at his house? Because he wanted to worship. Because he had been worshiping. You say, well, who is Simon the leper, and why is a leper worshiping Jesus, and why are people around this leper? will understand he's no longer a leper. They refer to him as in, in, here in the King James and here in, in the book of Mark as Simon the leper. We may say Simon the former leper because scholars tell us that this leper here was most likely the same leper that is... After, in the book of Matthew, after Jesus does the Sermon on the Mount, he comes down from the Mount. In fact, turn, if you would, in Matthew and turn over to chapter 8 in verse 1, and it says this, When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him, and behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean from the most horrible disease that was around at that time. Now, I'm adding that part in, but that's what leprosy was. And Jesus simply put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I, I will be thou clean, and immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Well, why are they at Simon the leper's house? Because therefore his life was changed. And even though he was worshiping Jesus when he came to the mountain, he was worshiping him by saying, Hey, here's my house. Here's my life. Here's all that I have. And that's why they were at Simon, the former leper's house. Jesus had healed him. We would often also use the word I believe, although we don't read about conversion experience here, but Jesus had saved him. That's why he was worshiping him. There was a captivating reason for Simon to open up his house, Simon the former leper to say, hey, please come, please be here, please, I want you here. All that I have is yours, my home is yours. And by the way, if we're going to truly worship him in spirit and in truth, that's what we have to say. All that I have is yours. My home is yours. My life is yours. There's a reason why I'm worshiping you because of all that you've done for me. And we can add to that the reason the woman was there. Mary. A captivating reason why she was pouring out this ointment on Jesus. This perfume on Jesus. Now, Let me stop for one second to say don't get confused in case you say, wait, I've heard this story before. Uh, Luke 7 also talks about a woman who anointed Jesus with an ointment or with a perfume. And Luke 7 is not the same as this place. In fact, sometimes people get confused because I say that was also at Simon's house, but it wasn't Simon the leper, it was Simon the Pharisee. There were lots of Simons back in that day. There was Simon Peter. There was Simon the leper. There was Simon the Pharisee. Probably Simon was, was was like having the name John or 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 Bill or Bob or any. It was a common name. But here, it was at Simon the leper, not Simon the Pharisee, and this woman was different. But she had no less of a reason to worship him. The first woman in Luke was pouring out the ointment on him because if you look at Luke 7, it says she was a sinner. And, and, And actually you find out that she was a harlot.
1: She was a prostitute. And Jesus had forgiven her. And most
0: scholars think that woman was the woman that was brought to Jesus and said she was caught in adultery by the, the, the Old Testament law says throw stones at her and kill her. What do you say? And he says, Whoever's without sin, throw the first stone. Some scholars say that was that woman, but this is Mary, the mother, or I'm sorry, the sister of Martha, the sister of Lazarus, and she had reason to worship Jesus as well because of what he had done for her, because of who he was to her. Think about all that she would have had. To be thankful for. She, not only that, number one, she had already been worshiping Him and listening to Him and hearing the word preached. Every time we see Mary, we see her at the feet of Jesus, listening to Jesus. Listening to him preach. Where does faith come from? Faith comes from hearing, and hearing from the Word of God. The Word of God was speaking words of God, and she was listening, and she realized who he was the Messiah, the Savior, the Promised One. And she was there to worship, but also because he had raised her brother from the dead. Her brother was Lazarus, who had died
1: and been in the grave for four days, and Jesus raise him back to life. She had much to give, a very captivating
0: reason for worshiping. But here's my point. Don't you and I? Don't you and I have captivating reasons to worship the Son of God? I'm not going to ask you to answer out loud, but just think about for a moment what God has done for you. Now, obviously, if you're saved, you can say, well, he's the most important thing. He paid the price of my sin. He saved my soul, and I'm on the way to heaven because of him. And as I've said many times, if we stopped right there, that is enough. But just think about what God has done for you in just a moment. Just for a moment, think about all that he has done and is doing for you. A heart to beat in your chest, a lung to, uh, air to breathe in your lungs, uh, strength to get up and walk and get into a car and drive to a church with a roof over your head. That's just this morning. Eyes that can open and can see. Uh, 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 so many other things that we could go, I could, I could pour out lists of what God has done for me just this week
1: what God is doing for me right now. I came back from a mountaintop from that conference that I
0: talked about, but I sat in there and, again, I've had... family that I love, a house that, that, that I'm able to pay for, uh, cars that I'm able to drive, a dad whose surgery went well and he's going to be better from, uh, children that I was able to minister to down on a Wednesday night, a church that supports me and loves me, at least I hope you do, and, and that I love, and, and, and so many things
1: that I could go on and on and on and on. We have reasons to worship him. But I also want you to see there's a... I don't have time to spend... I'm almost out of time already. There's a
0: worship that is worthy. We worship him and we ought to worship him and we can worship him and he's worthy of our worship. Certainly, there's captivating reasons for our worship, but also there is a worship that is worthy, and number one, the worship that is worthy is a worship that is focused on
1: Jesus. This woman, Mary, came in and worshipped her Lord,
0: and it was not about a show, it was not about getting noticed, it was not about Others seeing her, it was just her and her Lord. She didn't say, hey, watch this, or look how much I've spent, or why? Because if she had, she, as we saw, would have been made fun of. She already was ridiculed for what she did. But the worship that is worthy is one that is focused on Jesus. When you come to church... Now I realize it's a corporate or a collective worship. We are worshiping together and that is important. We are called to do that. Do not forsake the the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. But we are to worship together and there's strength in that and there is encouragement in that and there's blessing that comes from that. But anytime you're worshiping, and your whole life ought to be worshiped. As we talked about Simon, the former leper. Your whole life is worship, but it's not about others seeing me. It's, now others may see me. Others may notice. Others may get a glimpse of what I've done, but I'm not doing it for them. It was just her and her Lord. We read and she broke it and poured it out on his head. Over in Luke, in the other account of the different time, she washed his head and his feet with her tears. It wasn't about people, I want people to see me. It was this is worship that is focused on Jesus. And that is the key that you come here as collectively, but really. I'm I'm not here so people can see me be here. I'm not here so people can see me be faithful. I'm not here so people can see me uh, and think, oh, what a nice outfit I've got. I'm here for Jesus, and I'm here to worship him. And if nobody else showed up, I'm showing up because it's just me and him. Or wherever you're at, it's just me and him. Second thing about a worship that is worthy, it is a worship that is sacrificial. It is costly. If your worship is cheap or simple or easy, it can still be worship. I understand that, but is it really? Now, there are simple things we do, like coming to church. You may call simple. I often realize it's not as simple as sometimes for you as it might be for me certain days. Certain days I feel like getting and coming up to church, and some days I don't or certain days you feel like coming to church other days you don't and 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 and, and again I I've told this story before I, I'm sure you've heard it before anyway if not I remind you of it it's like the man who woke up and didn't want to go to church and told his wife I think I'm just going to lay in bed this morning I'm not going to go to church and she said no you have to go to church and he says why do I have to go to church and she goes because we that's what, we're going to church to worship God and, and we're going to church. You have to go, but I don't feel good. You still have to go. I, I just don't feel like going. You still have to go. Other people when they don't feel good or or they don't just don't feel like I'm not talking about sick, but just don't feel like it. They don't go. Why do I have to go? And as his wife told him, and I'm often reminded, not that she has to say
1: this a lot, but because you're the preacher, you have to go. Whether we're the preacher or not, if we're compelled
0: by what God has done for us, we have to go. We have to worship. He said, I can worship anywhere. I understand, but I want to worship Him together with you. And it's sacrificial, even when it costs me gas to go, even when it's hard for me to go, whatever it is, or not just going to church, don't misunderstand me, but in your life, is it easy and convenient or Are you willing to be costly and sacrificial and painful? You say, where do you get this from? Because this woman poured out this ointment, and it says it might have been sold for more than 300 pence, or 300, the the, the pence is the, the same idea as a denarius, but that 300 pence would have been a lifetime of savings for a woman. It would have been a year's salary for a man perhaps, but it would have been a lifetime of savings for women. Back then, women didn't, there was no women's liberation, there was no equal pay, there was none of this stuff, it, that that we, I'm not saying that we're all there yet and so forth, and so I'm not getting into that, I'm simply saying, for a woman, it was not the same back then. This would have been a lifetime of savings that she broke and poured out in her worship. It was
1: not cheap, it was costly, Just like Simon, who
0: said, here's my house, here's my life, it's all yours. She said, everything that I've ever had is wrapped up in my worship. It's yours. And when she worshiped him, she broke it, and it could not be undone. There is no putting the worship back in the bottle and saving it for a different day. She broke it and poured it out. She didn't take the stopper off in sprinkle a little bit she poured it out all that you have all that you can give that is your worship because you belong to him and all that he's done for you it's compelling but it's worthy when you're giving your all when she poured it out a number of things happened number one she couldn't put it back i can't put back my worship but also it's also personal i'm not doing it for you or anybody else But number three, it's also the fact that other people will notice. Sometimes we say, well, my religion or my spirituality, that's personal and private. No, your worship is not supposed to be. It is personal. It is just you and the Lord. But that doesn't mean it has to be private because she did it and a fragrance filled the room. If I took and I dumped out a bottle of perfume in this church, you would smell it throughout the whole church. Even if I just dumped it out in my hand. People in the back row are Like, what's, what is that? You ever been in the back of a bus or the back of a car and somebody starts putting on fingernail polish? Or like, you know, like My daughter would do her fingernail polish or fingernail polish remover. And I would, what's this? who's got fingernail polish? That's the idea here. It could not be unnoticed. And when your worship is worthy, it's going to impact more than just
1: you, more than this, the God that you're worshiping. It's going to impact others. Is your worship worthy? Is it sacrificial? Is it costly? Is it poured out? Third thing is, is is the worship was scorned.
0: Sometimes your worship will be scorned. Now here's the thing: there are two different sides, and probably more than two different sides to this. But in this case, she did something that was personal, and she poured something out, and she did it in a way that everybody noticed, and not. Everybody liked it. It's one of the things that I've been dealing with lately in my own life is, you know, I get this set idea of what worship is supposed to look like. And if you don't do it this way, as a Baptist, if you don't do it this way, you're doing it wrong. Uh, At the conference that I went to with Landon, there was a lot of people that lifted their hands as they sang. I don't. Even Lena was laughing at me because even when the, 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 the guy was speaking and he said, raise up your hands in an offering of praise to the Lord, I'm, I'm just, I can't get it up there. I'm not a hand lifter. I was kind of like, oh, man, right? I'm just not. I told you before, I told him, I'm a weeper, I'm a crier. I'm a laugher sometimes. People will preach stuff or teach stuff or I'll hear words in a song and I'll just bust out laughing, not because it's funny. I'm just so moved that God
1: would do that for me. It's crazy. But if it's you and the Lord, don't worry about what anybody else thinks about it. They thought poorly of it. It was a
0: waste. Why was it, verse 4, why was this waste of ointment made? There were some that had indignation with themselves. Now, we know in another place it talks mostly about the fact that it was Judas, because he kept the bag and he was a thief. But so it could have been given to the poor. Well, I could have I skimmed some off the top off of that if you'd traded that in or sold that. But, that. but it wasn't just Judas. There were other disciples that were saying, why? To put it in modern terms, that's not right for you to worship God like that you're doing that for a show you're doing that to be noticed you're doing that and it's fake that's not our job to do when it comes to worship by the way it's also not the hand lifter or the shouters job to look at you or me who may not be a shouter or a hand lifter and say that's not the way you worship You worship the way God puts in your heart to worship. Don't worry about other. Don't try to. I went to this conference and there were some that were raising their hands. There were some that were getting kind of loud in different things. And I dealt with God right there. And I said, God, it's not my job to worry about whether that's for show or not for show. God, I'm here to worship you for me. And the people there, they were getting worried about how she was worshiping. Maybe they felt guilty because they weren't as costly and sacrificial in their worship maybe they were upset for different reasons maybe they were like wait a minute she's lifting her hands or maybe she's shouting or maybe she's getting excited and that's just a little too pentecostal for me that's not our job and it's also not the job to say hey your worship isn't worth anything because you don't even move or you only believe in being quiet no just you worship god Let God sort out who's sincere and who's not, or who's right and who's not. The point of this was the fact, in fact, we know that her worship was worthy because Jesus, after they scorned her, he scorned
1: them and said, Leave her alone. Leave her alone. Why trouble ye her? Verse 6. She hath
0: wrought a good work on me. She is preparing my body for the burial. Did Mary know she's preparing his body for the burial? I I don't know. It almost appears as if she did. And by the way, it's because her life had been a life of worship. Maybe she'd been given insights that others hadn't been given insight to. Maybe it's because she'd been sitting at his feet the entire time, focused on him and listening to his words and not worry about who is getting up and who is doing this and who is doing that. But she said, my purpose of my worship
1: is to sit right here and adore my Savior. All I know is that
0: it was a worship that was not a waste. It was worthwhile.
1: And if your worship is yours, and it's your life,
0: and what God's put in your heart to do, because he's worthy of our worship, and it's, it's focused on him, and it's sacrificial, and it's costly to you, because you're given your all. Oh yes, you could take that money that you were given to church and you could go buy a different car, a different house, a different boat, different clothes. Oh, you could take that time that you're giving to ministry or to service and you could go do this or that. And Yes, it ought to be costly. But if it's costly and if it's personal and if it's focused on the Lord, then it's worthwhile and it will be remembered that's one of the things that strikes me the most about this is the fact that he says she has done what she could she has come aforehand to anoint my body to the bearing and verily i say unto you wheresoever the gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world this also that she hath done shall be spoken of a memorial for her if your life is a life of worship people will recognize it and will talk about it and not to draw attention to you. It drew attention to Jesus. And to this day, 2,000 years later, we're talking about what Mary had done, not because it drew attention to Mary. Oh, sure, we mentioned Mary's name, but because what she did was worthwhile and personal and costly as she worshiped her God who deserved it all
1: because of what he had done and who he was. And who he is. Lastly, I want you to see that there is a compelling time for worship. That's now. That's now. You say, where do you get that at?
0: Because whether you read Mark 2 and you read about the fact that two days before, which is when they... By the way, let me just stop right there for one second. Judas, after this, scholars tell us, and if you put the different accounts together, you realize that it was after this, most likely that Judas made the decision to betray
1: Jesus. And that's why the story starts off with the priests talking about
0: arresting him and having him crucified. No matter how you look at this, this was about a week Before passion week. Or roughly two weeks before he died. They did not know how much time he has. You do not know how much time you have. So now is the time to worship. Don't put off your worship. Let your whole life be worship. Everything you do for the purpose of worship.
1: But certainly don't delay Don't delay. It was only, again, the the, the odd thing is they said, okay, we we can't arrest him on the feast day. But they did. How they might take him by craft, verse 1, and put him to death. But that verse 2, they said,
0: not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar of the people. But we know they did.
1: It was during Passion Week. It was during Passover week that they arrested him. And so the compelling time is now. And you say, well, I don't really get into like the worship stuff and the song stuff. And I I don't know what you're going to do when you get to heaven. Because if you read Revelation,
0: you see they're around the the throne singing holy, 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 over and over and over again. You say, is that all we're going to do when we get to heaven? I don't know. But if it is, you'll love it and because he's he's worthy of it, because he's worthy of our worship. Is that all we're going to do when we get to heaven? I know we're not going to be sitting around on clouds playing harps. I know that much. I know it's going to be like it was in the beginning in the Garden of Eden before the fall. I know that much. My Bible tells me that. I know it's going to be the most beautiful place that no eye eye has not seen and ear has not heard. In fact, we can't even imagine what it's going to be like. I know that much. I know that Jesus is going to be the light of it. There will be no more darkness and
1: there will be no light either because no, no sun or moon because Jesus will be the light of the place. There's going to be no shadow. There's going to be no sorrow, no pain. I get all that.
0: Is all we're going to do is just sit there and worship and sing songs and praise? I I don't know. But I do know that it's going to be glorious and wonderful, and you're going to
1: love it. So might as well go ahead and practice it now. Worship Him in the way God puts in your heart. Worship Him every day.
0: Worship him sacrificially and costly because he is worthy of our worship. and Again, I've already said this in the beginning, but I'm going to say it again to close. He's worthy of our worship. You say, well, I don't know all that he's done for me. Well, that's why we have a whole song and there's verses about count your blessings and name them one by one and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. That's a true thing. But again, I'll go back and say, if the only thing that he did was pay my price to keep me out of a devil's hell,
1: that is enough for me. but it's not so much more. But if you've not yet been snatched, stolen out of the fires
0: of hell, would you please turn to Jesus, turn to God and ask him to forgive you of your sins and accept the free gift of salvation that has been offered and paid for through the death of Christ on the cross and which was done for you and for me because he wants us to be there around the throne in heaven
1: with him in fellowship with Him. Oh, don't miss it. He is worthy. He is
0: worthy of our worship. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would help us today. And God, that you would help us to see who you are, who, that you are who you say you are, and you are worthy of our worship because of who you are and what you've done and who you're going to be. And, and God, I just pray that you would open our eyes and open our hearts to worship you in ways that perhaps we've been afraid to worship you or, or haven't seen the need to worship you. And, and God, what, we, what you put in our heart, that is how. We will worship you, but God, that you would just help us to see just how worthy you are of worship and that we would be that ointment, that, that alabaster box, that precious box that, that, that is what we are, but that we would be broken and poured out in our worship for you. Help us, I pray in Jesus' name. We thank you for listening to this message from the Word of God. At Pleasant Hill, we desire to be a help and a blessing to you. If you have any questions or prayer requests, or if we can be a help to you in your walk with God, we invite you to contact us here at Pleasant Hill by visiting our website at phbc.online. Thank you, and may God bless you.